Good morning, everyone. And blessed Christmas to all in case I don't get to see you on Christmas Day. First of all, thank you, Pastor Melvin and the church leadership for giving me this opportunity to share God's word with all of you this morning. It's good to see all of you in church and I'm excited to share with you what God has placed on my heart for all of you this morning. A quick introduction about myself in case you are seeing me for the first time or joined the church recently. My name is uh, Louis. I've been in this church for many years when my mom brought me to church as a baby. Over the years, I grew up in the church through the various ministries, like the children's ministry, the youth ministry, and so my heartfelt salute to all the laborers in the various ministries. In this church, I'm more commonly known for what I do than for my name. To people who don't know me, uh, I usually will try to joke that I'm a full-time gym instructor. But no, I'm no gym instructor. I'm working as a police officer and uh, I've been at a job for about 16 years this year. I have three... Praise the Lord. Okay. I have three children and all are from one world-class wife. Alright, this is a family photo which we took earlier this year in our time in Jeju. And uh, okay, enough for self-introduction. Let us look at our scripture text for this morning. For this morning, we are going to spend some time reflecting together an interesting parable which Jesus shared towards the tail end of his ministry. The parable is commonly known as the parable of the wise and foolish virgins, or sometimes known as the parable of the ten virgins. If I recall correctly, it is not a parable which we have reflected together as a church in recent years, and so I trust that today's reflection will give us some spiritual insights that are fresh, and my prayer is that we will love the Word of God more and study it even more deeply for ourselves after today's reflection. The text reference is taken from Matthew 25, And we are looking at verses 1 to 13. Let's read the word of God. Matthew 25, verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. 
Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for bringing all of us here this morning. And we commit the next few moments to you. We ask that you will open up our hearts, our ears, our minds to your word and help us to encounter you through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It is two days away from Christmas and I wonder how many of us seated here can truly say that we are ready or prepared to celebrate Christmas. Well, I'm sure all of us are ready to enjoy Christmas as another public holiday in the year, a day where we can take a break from our busy work schedules and hopefully spend some time with our family and friends. Some of us, we may be ready if Christmas is about giving and receiving gifts. For our family, we usually have quite a number of people whom we want to share the joy of giving with, and the list of Christmas presents usually runs into two to three long pages, ranging from family members, church leaders, cell group members, close friends, colleagues, and so on. I often commented to Lily that our home literally looks like the Chatuchak market of Bangkok in the lead-up to Christmas. There are just so many products and goods everywhere. But I wonder how many of us seated here today are truly ready and prepared to celebrate the true meaning of Christmas. It is important to be prepared because it will help us to appreciate the meaning of Christmas better and also have a more enriching experience when we celebrate Christmas on Christmas Day. Those who are close to me will know that I'm a keen badminton player and I play badminton quite regularly. I can still remember a few years ago I wanted to up my game and so I signed up with a badminton academy where I will be trained by some ex-national player for two hours a week at the Singapore Badminton Hall. Yes, very serious badminton stuff. I can remember that night, it was a Saturday night at 7pm when I went for my first badminton training. I thought that I can cope with training since I play badminton regularly, right? But I tell you, I was totally unprepared. The drill started at 7pm sharp. I was within 10 minutes putting my hand against the wall already. I was like, feel like fainting. I felt like vomiting. And luckily, I did not eat any food before that. My towel was too small to clean my sweat. I bought a few cans of drink because I thought I only need a small bottle of mineral water and the water ran out in 15 minutes. Throughout the training, I felt terrible. I got to call timeout, you know, timeout, timeout for a few times so that I can let my heart rate uh, go back to normal before continuing with the training. For the army guys, it was like going through the last 100 meter of the 2.4 kilometer run where you are pushed to your limits and pushed many times. As a result of my first training session not being able to fully enjoy and reap the full benefits of the training because I was not prepared. I thought to myself, I should have been better prepared. So the following week, knowing what is to come, I decided to be better prepared for my training. I had my dinner at 3.30pm. I ate sneakers to boost my energy at 6.30pm sharp. I brought two big bottles of water 
and I went to buy and bring a big swimming towel that you can wrap around your body two times, two times that kind. I was ready and early to do warm-up. I must say that the second training session then experience was so much more enriching because I knew what was coming and I was committed to be better prepared for it. So if we want to appreciate the meaning of Christmas better in two days' time, to have a better and reaching experience of Christmas, then we need to make wise preparation to prepare ourselves fully for that day. The parable which we are looking at today is a parable where the theme of wisdom in being prepared for Christ's return is emphasized. Although the context of the parable is in view of the second coming of Christ, what I hope to do today is in our reflection is to extract a few principles of what it means to prepare wisely and these principles can be applied generally to the things in the kingdom of God. First of all, in interpreting the word of God, it is always wise to look at the, and understand the context so that you are interpreting the scripture correctly. The parable of the wise and foolish virgins sits right in the center of what is biblically known as the Jesus Oliver Discourse. Where Jesus spoke it on the Mount of Olives, the whole discourse began actually in Matthew 24 verse 4, where Jesus provided a doctrinal exposition on future events in answer to the disciples' question about the timing, the signs of the destruction of the temple, and about Jesus' coming at the end of the age. From Matthew 24, verse 42 through to chapter 25, Jesus then builds on the earlier foundation with a series of five parables, encouraging his disciples to be alert and busy about the work of the kingdom because he might return at any time and we will want to be found ready to face him. The five parables are the parable of the master, verses 43-44, the parable of the servant, verses 45-51, to the parable of the wise and foolish virgins, which is what we are reflecting on today, right in the center, verse 1-13, to the parable of the talents, verse 14 to 30, and the parable of the sheep and goats, verse 31 to 46. Well, if you're already lost by what I said in the past one to two minutes, because it can be quite academic, it's okay, don't worry. I'm basically helping us to understand that this parable which we are reflecting on today and its surrounding passages are in the context of Jesus' second coming or the end times. Okay, end times. So if you're interested to know what happens in the end times, this passage is a good place to start for your private study. Specifically for this parable which we are reflecting on, there were ten virgins who are waiting for the return of the bridegroom. The parable is only found in Matthew and not duplicated in the rest of the Gospels. Based on biblical scholars, this was a common wedding custom in Jesus' day where the bridegroom would return from the house of the bride in a procession leading to his home, where a wedding banquet would be enjoyed. This is kind of similar to our Chinese wedding tradition, you know, today like the Jie Xing Liang, right? Of the bridegroom going to the home of the bride and bringing the bride back to his home. Except that neither the groom party nor bridesmaids today 
carry any lamp or torchlights. Right? You are part of the bridegroom party before you don't carry torchlight, right? Huh? Make sure you bring your angpao. Don't need to make sure you bring your torchlight. Huh? And neither do we hold the bride fetching ceremony at night today. You are either too early or too late if you do it today huh? at night. In Jesus' times, marriages were held usually in the night and there was a need for lamps for obvious reasons during those times to light the way. The parable goes on that five of the virgins had, that were described to be wise and made adequate preparation because they possessed the necessary lamps and extra oil in their jars. Five others were described to be foolish, had lamps but no extra oil. At midnight when the bridegroom arrived, the lamps of the five foolish virgins without extra oil were going out and so they had to go searching for oil and at the end missed the arrival of the bridegroom. Both the wise and foolish virgins had many things in common. They all had some knowledge of the coming of the bridegroom. They all knew his coming. They all had the genuine desire that they want to go out and meet the bridegroom and welcome him home. They all slumbered and slept when the bridegroom delayed in the coming. And they all had lamps which were burning at that very moment. The only key difference, and this is important, between the wise and the foolish virgins is that the wise ones had additional oil with them, while the foolish ones did not prepare any with them. And it was only at the time when the bridegroom's coming was announced that the difference between the wise and the foolish showed itself. This parable certainly emphasizes that wise preparation and being ready for the return of Christ is a necessary part of our Christian journey. In our reflection today, I will draw three principles of wise preparation from the parable, which we can apply in both preparing for the return of Christ and also possibly for the kingdom of God and the coming Christmas day in two days' time. The first principle from this parable about wise preparation, if you are taking notes, is wise preparation is not just preparing for the present, but also being prepared for the future and for the long run. The parable tells us in verses 3 and 4 that the foolish ones only had lamps but no additional oil, but the wise ones had both lamps and oil. The key difference between them is the additional oil. The usefulness of the oil will not be seen in the present, but usefulness and value will only be revealed in the future. Wise preparation in bringing additional oil so that we are prepared for the future and for the long run. The Bible tells us that we will never know when Christ will come again. Just like the ten virgins who do not know the exact arrival time of the bridegroom until it was announced. So if we want to prepare wisely, we need to prepare not just for the present, but also to be prepared for the future and for the long run. When I interact with my cell members or other leaders in the church, I am often asked how could I last so long as a cell leader in the cell ministry. For info, and I say this with humility and by God's grace, I became an assistant cell leader when I was in Sec 3 and a cell leader in the youth ministry when I was in JC1. My first cell group was leading a group of Sec 1 boys in the youth ministry 
And for those of us who are in leadership in youth ministry before, you will agree with me that leading and shepherding Sec 1 boys can be quite a challenging feat. But I shall not give more details of the challenges nor mention their names because some of them whom I'm led are still seated in our midst. By God's grace, looking back now, I have been a cell leader for over 20 years and I must say that I'm still passionate about the cell ministry and enjoying every bit of it. There are definitely heartaches, difficulties, disappointments, discouragements, problems with people, but this is all part and parcel of church ministry. I always share that I was able to last so long as cell leader because I try my best to prepare wisely not just preparing to lead cell group for this season, but also prepare myself to lead for the future and for the long run. I bring additional oil when I lead in cell ministry. What this means is that I lead at a ministry pace which I can manage and don't get burned out. I try to improve myself through learning and TTC studies so that I can be better at ministry work. And for me, the most important additional oil that I bring in my cell ministry is a perspective that the cell group belongs to God and I'm only a servant for God to work through. As a cell leader sometimes, and the cell leaders in our midst will surely identify with me, that sometimes members leaving the cell group or don't respond to your text messages can affect us quite deeply. But I always remind myself that I am like a bus driver you know, when I lead the cell group. The cell group is like the bus. The members of the cell group are the passengers. On the way, there will be people who will come on the bus and off the bus, but the bus driver himself does not get affected by the passengers that he's uh, driving. Right? None of you take bus today, and then when you bought the bus, the uncle bus driver will say, Hey, which one is sung like? No, right? He just carry on. And then when you get off at your destination, the uncle will say, Hey, hey, where you go? I take it very personally. No. He is just driving his bus. He will stay focused on the course. He is only accountable to higher HQ and drive the bus towards the final destination. Wow. This perspective gives me additional oil for cell leading that I do not only prepare for the present, but I also prepare for the future and for the long run. So today, are you making wise preparation in your Christian journey? Are you bringing additional oil when it comes to the second coming of Christ? This may mean taking some decisions in the new year so that you can invest your life more in the things of God rather than the things on earth. For example, serving in church, joining a Bible study, committing to a cell, it's all part of Preparing wisely. For the coming Christmas day in two days' time, bringing additional oil may mean taking time to understand the true meaning of Christmas and praying to experience a deeper sense of God's love or allowing God to be Lord over your life again. The second principle I'm going to share with all of us is that wise preparation is taking ownership of your own preparation. The parable tells us in verses 8 and 9 that the foolish virgins found it impossible to borrow oil when they discovered that they needed it. It's not that the wise ones were selfish or refused to share. The parable is just bringing out the fact that certain things in the kingdom of God 
cannot be borrowed or shared. Or what we sometimes understand as tombang. We need to make wise preparation by taking ownership of our own preparation. For example, on the issue of salvation, the Word of God tells us clearly that we each have to come to a personal relationship with God. We cannot borrow my friend's relationship with God. We cannot receive salvation on behalf of our family members or friends. We cannot borrow other people's character. We need to be clothed with our own godly character. Not many of you will believe this. This is actually a photo of myself in army many years ago. Uh, to re- remove all that, I'm the person on the right. Okay, I'm on the right. And I can hear gaps of like, what happened? Oh, what happened? What happened? Uh, but what happened is a sermon for another Sunday. Okay, 30 minutes, I need to explain that. But I thought about whether to show this photo for many sleepless nights, huh? and finally decided to do so. In the army, as part of our fitness assessment, all the gentlemen in this century will know that we have to take a fitness test called IPPT. The IPPT has a few static stations like sit-up, shuttle run, but the main component, one of it, is the 2.4-kilometer run, right? Still 2.4 today, huh? And the truth about preparing for IPPT, especially for the 2.4-kilometer run, is that you must take ownership of your own preparation. You cannot ask your friend, can you go and run treadmill for me to prepare for my 2.4-kilometer run? No, you have to go and train and run several times yourself before that IPPT so that you can get into shape and be ready for your IPPT test. You must take ownership of your own preparation. You can't ask someone else to prepare for your IPPT. You can't ask someone else to take your IPPT. You have to be wise in your preparation by taking ownership of your own preparation. As a side trivial question, how many of you can guess my best timing for 2.4 kilometer? Free one-year security consultancy, if you can get it right. And a clue. You will not be able to guess it by looking at me now. <laughs> Anyone? My best 2.4 kilometer timing was 941. Wow. Thank you, thank you. 8 a.m. never clap. 10.30 a.m. got people clap. Huh? Okay, I'll let 8 a.m. know. Uh, I.e. 9 minutes 41 seconds. Cannot tell, right? I was in OCS then back in 97. I can remember vividly even till today that all of us were preparing hard for our final IPPT test and that all of us was preparing because we want to do our best timing for OCS training. We wanted to get the goal timing which was packed at 9 minutes 45 seconds. And those of us who, and for those of us who don't understand, 9 minutes 45 seconds timing, huh? is actually quite a difficult target to meet for an even average runner. Unless you are gifted in levitating forward, (laughs) you can't meet the timing simply by jogging 2.4. I tried, 20 over minutes. (laughs) You need to really run and run fast from the very start. 
So months before we started training vigorously, we took ownership of our own preparation. And that morning, I thank God I was able to cross the line at 941, but it was a terrible feeling. When I crossed the finishing line, I just went to the nearest lamppost and then leaned myself against it. Wise preparation is taking ownership of our own preparation. Our family and friends can only help us or encourage us that far in the kingdom of God, but we have to take ownership of it ourselves. The parable is silent on whether the wise and foolish virgins actually exchanged best practices at the start. Maybe the wise ones did warn the foolish ones, hey friends, maybe you should uh, bring extra oil uh, just in case he delay, you know. But the foolish ones just didn't want to bring additional oil in the hope that perhaps they can borrow oil from the wise ones or get it last minute. But the truth is that certain things in the kingdom of God cannot be borrowed or shared. We need to make wise preparation by taking ownership of our own preparation. So let us take ownership of our own preparation when it comes to being prepared or ready for the second coming of Christ. This may mean stop procrastinating for some of us in our faith journey. Make some tough or uncomfortable decisions in 2019 so that you are more prepared for eternity. For the coming Christmas Day, taking ownership of our preparation may mean not relying on others' understanding of Christmas. I have my wife, no candy, I no need to know. Or my best friend, no candy, I no need to know. But to understand Christmas for ourselves, or not depending on other people's encounter of God's love, but embracing the encounter of God's love for ourselves this Christmas. The third and final principle, wise preparation will only be revealed at the end. An interesting observation about the parable is that the wise and foolish virgins look exactly the same at the start, or they have the same start state. All of them went out together to await for the bridegroom. All of them had a fully functioning lamp. All of them even slumbered and slept together when the bridegroom delayed in the coming. And on this slumber and delayed part, you know, when I read this portion, I somehow felt relief and also encouraged that God really loves us and take cognizance of our human weaknesses. That the parable didn't portray the wise virgins as superheroes who will always be ever vigilant and never sleep. Maybe I'm someone who likes to sleep, so that's why this one very close to my heart. Whilst the foolish ones are the ones that grow tired and fall asleep. No, no, all slumber and slept. To me, it is God's subtle way of saying perhaps that He loves us and He knows of our weaknesses. But majoring on the major, the key difference between the wise and foolish virgins is the additional oil which the wise ones had. And it was only revealed at the end when the bridegroom arrived. Wise preparation will only be revealed at the end and it is difficult to judge on the surface or at the start. Recently, my family had one of the greatest scare of our lives. It happened during the cell leaders retreat in August this year, which was held at Amari Hotel in JB. I drove into JB with my whole family for the three-day, two-night retreat. And on the last day after checking out, we were all ready and happily in the car at the hotel car park, ready to go back to Singapore, when suddenly my car couldn't start. Wow, I was super worried. 
because I was stranded in a foreign land with my family, with a car that couldn't start, with no clue of how to find a car mechanic in a foreign land. It didn't help when at the back of my mind I knew how bad the causeway jam would be every hour I delay going back. You know? Some of the church members came to try to help, but the car still couldn't start. Eventually, the hotel concierge helped me get the car mechanic to come and check and discovered that it was a flat battery and the car mechanic changed the battery and thank God we were on our way again. What was actually the greatest scare for us to turn out to be the greatest thanksgiving for me. The whole ordeal, which I can imagine could have taken many hours, you know, foreign land, don't know where to find help, especially in JV, was done just in two hours. And I want to thank God because the incident happened at the hotel car park, so I was able to get the hotel concierge to get help for me through his relevant context. Also because I was at the hotel, my family members could be like properly settled at the hotel lobby. They were like still playing, running around, don't know what's happening. But I was like praying that the mechanic come as soon as possible. I can't imagine if I was stranded on any part of my trip to, back to Singapore, especially on the causeway. I would have been in a much more helpless state and with my three children there, every car passing me will be like... <laughs> they also know they don't want to be in that state, right? I share this story firstly to thank God for protecting us and even making the timing, you know, God is so good, timing of an ordeal so perfect. But secondly, it also reminded me that in the light of today's reflection, that sometimes it is really difficult to judge based on the surface and appearance. Just like it was difficult to judge the working condition of a car battery simply by looking at the exterior of the car, so I believe today that the parable is also perhaps subtly telling us that it is not for us to judge one another whether we are preparing wisely or not. What is more important is for us to look at ourselves and prepare ourselves wisely by not just preparing for the present, but also being prepared for the future and for the long run. It is also for ourselves to be wise in taking ownership of our own preparation. So as I conclude the time of reflection this morning, let us recap on the three principles of wise preparation from the parable, which we can apply in both preparing for the return of Christ and also possibly the kingdom of God and the coming Christmas day. Number one, wise preparation is not just preparing for the present, but also being prepared for the future and for the long run. Remember, bring your additional oil. Wise preparation is taking ownership of your own preparation. So remember that you can't borrow oil, you need to have your own oil. Wise preparation will only be revealed at the end. Remember that the distinction between the wise and the foolish will only be revealed at the end when the bridegroom arrives. So the natural question to end today's reflection is, how we are preparing ourselves in our faith journey towards the day when Christ will return? Are we preparing wisely by taking steps to build our faith for eternity? Or are we just too caught up in our lives on earth? 
How are we preparing ourselves for Christmas Day in two days' time? Are we preparing wisely by taking time to reflect, allowing ourselves to experience God's love afresh? Or are we just too caught up in the busyness of shopping and holidaying that Christmas is another holiday? And lastly, for some of us here who may not know Jesus, I want to say that God is here and ready to meet with you. Perhaps it is a good time today for you to take ownership and decide to prepare your life wisely for the future by letting God come into your life this morning. Let us pray. So Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the word this morning and we pray that as we leave this place, we will leave remembering what it means to prepare our lives wisely in your kingdom. Help us, O God, to remember your return and to prepare our lives for the future or for eternity. Help us, O God, to take ownership of our own preparation, to not rely on others or depend on others, but to know you and experience you in our own deep ways. And so we give you all the praise and all the glory and ask that you will continue to guide us every step of the way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.